impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Modern Man Podcast, where we connect men in pursuit of their potential. Join us as we embrace discomfort, cultivate community, and put wind in each other's sails. Now, if you're ready to take your personal and professional growth to the next level, make sure you share and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to check out the Noble Knights Mastermind Group if you're wanting to become a high-value man. That's where you'll find the support and accountability and mentorship you need to achieve your goals. And join us and become a part of a community of like-minded men on a mission to improve themselves and elevate their capacity for life. Speaking of wind and sails, we're getting a lot of it from my good friend, Kevin Palmieri, CFO of Next Level University, CEO, founder, co-host of Next Level U. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast again, man, because we recorded probably the best podcast ever <laughs> that just wasn't recorded. Yeah. It was a blast. I, I told you right after it ended, I said, I don't care what it takes. I want to come back. It was wonderful. I love what you're doing. I love you as a human. So yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be back and uh, I'm excited to chat, brother. Absolutely. And the red light is on. I can promise you that. <laughs> um, uh, I, I want to make sure that the audience has an opportunity to to get acquainted with you, because at the very least, they could tell that you're 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 a man that offers grace because you've given that to me. Um, and I'm always transparent on the on the on the show. So I'd love for you to take the floor really quick. Talk to the people, let them know who you are, what you're what you do. And we can kind of like get a little deeper into it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate topic. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm Kevin Palmieri. Uh, I'm many of the things Ted said. Uh, we have a podcast called Next Level You with 1,320 some odd episodes on how to level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. I, I achieved a, a level of financial success in my mid-20s, but my mental health, my emotional health, my spiritual health, my relationships all tanked. And I ended up sitting on the edge of a bed contemplating suicide because I was so miserable, left my job, started from the ground up with a podcast. Uh, I, I definitely could have chosen something easier, but I'm grateful. That's what I chose. And here we are six or seven years later. And now I get to do this every day. And I'm, I'm very, very, very grateful. And yeah. even to your, to your point of giving you grace, I've made more mistakes than most humans. Cause I have 1300 episodes, 1300 <laughs> opportunities to mess up. So I, I give grace because I've needed grace. And I think you know, that empathy is very important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's the thing is, uh, I heard a great quote where it says, you know, the the master has failed more times than the novice has attempted. Mm. And, and it's so true, because, you know, we can't just wake up and then become those people we want to be. There's trials, there's tribulations, there's reps and actions and setbacks that all go into creating that person that we become. But oftentimes, it starts with identifying first that we don't like who we are. Right. Mm -hmm. Or 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 we're not OK with just settling anymore. What was that like for you? Because you mentioned having that shift where everything wasn't enough. Right. You had the money. Um, I, I remember you, you had the girlfriend. Right. You had on on the outside. Most would label as my man's crushing it. Mm -hmm. But you didn't feel that on the inside. What was that realization like when you knew you had to change, man? Yeah. Yeah. Here I am. I'm 25. I had just won a bodybuilding show. So I was in the best shape of my life. High paying job, sports car. My girlfriend was a model, new apartment. Quite literally, if you're, if you're looking from the outside in, you're thinking this, this kid is crushing it. But I was very insecure. I was not confident. I was not certain. I was just a shell of myself, honestly. And the best thing that could have possibly happened, happened, even though it was brutal, my girlfriend left. And when she left, I sat around feeling bad for myself, which I think is okay, right? It's it's part of the grieving process for me. 
And I said, look, Kev, you are at least 50% of the failures of every relationship you've ever had. I've never had a successful relationship, right? And if there, I don't have one right now. It's not always my ex's fault. I have to take some responsibility. So I tried to lean into self-improvement then, ended up saying, you know what? This self-improvement thing can wait. Let's pad this bank account. Unfortunately, I thought that was going to fix the problems. I ended up making the most money I'd ever made. And I remember getting to the end of that year. And just for context, uh, my job at the time re required a lot of travel. So yeah. the year I made six figures, I spent 10 months on the road every single week, living in hotels, living out of a suitcase. So I remember opening my final pay stub. And I had this grand expectation of all the feelings I was going to get when I saw the number. It was the first time I ever saw a six-figure number. But nothing internally changed. I didn't feel any more confident. I didn't feel any more certain. I didn't feel any more brave. I didn't feel any different internally. That was the moment where I realized for most of my life, I lived unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I started a podcast, Ted. Mm -hmm. called the hyper conscious podcast. I fell in love with podcasting. Now I hate my job. So I start calling out, I'm leaving, you know, I'm leaving work early. I'm not a model employee by any stretch of the imagination, but I had to keep traveling because I'm not making pod, uh, money podcasting, right? It's in the beginning, it's just a passion project. And my mental health started to turn and it just got to the point where I was in a hotel room six hours from home sitting on the edge of a bed, lacing up my work boots, getting ready for work. And that morning, it was like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one is on a different station. It's just noise. If you do work up the courage to leave here, hypothetically, what are your friends going to think, right? You're miserable at your job, but what are your friends going to say if you show up and say, hey, I quit my job. I'm not making any money. What are your, what's your family going to think? Your family's super proud of how far you've come and what you've accomplished. And do you really think you're going to make podcasting your career? That, that's, is that really what we're going to do? We're pushing our chips to the mm -hmm. center of the table on that bad, Larry? I don't know. In that moment, I felt that if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. And that really was the, that was the shift of, okay, what we're doing here is not sustainable, obviously. I reached out to who's now my business partner. And he said, Kev, your environment's have stayed the same, although your awareness has changed so much. I mm. think it's time for you to change your environment. So that's when I ended up, that was it. That was the shift. I left my job three or four months later, and we've been at this podcast thing. That was 2018. So we've been at that, that podcast thing every day for the last six years, pretty much. Yeah. Why, why is, um, why is the environment so important to change? Cause I, I, I think there's a lot of guys that could be listening who might be in an area, especially if they're listening to this podcast first, thank you so much for the love appreciation, hit that like and subscribe button, catch us every week. Uh, but they're probably in a space where their awareness is changing, but the environment hasn't. And, and I, I and someone once told me, they said, Ted, you don't have to grow where you've been planted. And that was some great advice that was given to me, but, why is it that we find we have such a hard time when the awareness changes, changing the environment? Yeah. One of the interesting things I think for a lot of us is when our awareness changes, we realize what happens if we leave the environment. And I think for a lot of us, Ted, I never knew this was a thing. How many people I've met that are afraid of success has blown my mind. I didn't realize how many people were afraid of success because success means leaving people behind being villainized and being alone again. And I think a lot of us are, are terrified of that. Now I'm afraid of failure. So for me, it's like, aren't we doing this for success? I'm all for it. 
But I, I think for a lot of people, the importance of your environment is this. Imagine trying to swim upstream all the time. It's going to be very, very, very hard. Imagine trying to swim upstream if you don't know how to swim. It's going to be even harder. So the importance of your environment is it makes, it makes easy things easier or it makes hard things harder. It might even make the easiest things impossible if you're in the wrong soil, right? It's just, it's one of those things where you can take a seed and you can put it in an environment where it shouldn't grow and it most likely won't. Mm -hmm. it, and if it does, it's going to have to overcome potentially impossible odds to do so. So yeah, it makes your life easier when you're in the right environment. And I think it's hard after you change your awareness because your awareness is changing, but you don't know what your environment is doing yet. Oh yeah. 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 Kind of like, I mean, they say, you know, it's, it's the rose that grew out of concrete, but that might sound great. And to anyone that says, you know, I'm the rose that grew out of concrete, you know, roses come from bushes, not just mm -hmm. a single rose. Right. So the bush never gets to fully flourish in the concrete because it needs the proper soil in which to grow it. So you're changing your environment. What did that look like? Because I know one of the biggest challenges for podcasting is consistency man like hey you started a podcast congratulations and then how many people five six seven eight ten episodes in i'm uh, not doing it anymore yeah. so how did you stay consistent in that process while changing your environment man i'm blessed i had a wonderful business partner who him and i when i left my job i was a solo podcaster i was i was by myself when i left my job him and i were like hey we should probably just do this together i mean he had a youtube channel he's you think I'm into self-improvement. He's way more into self-improvement than I am. I've never met anybody close. So <laughs> it's like, if I, if I'm going to have anybody in my corner, I would, I would pick you anyway. And he's like, well, let's just do this together. Let's combine our podcasts and let's go all in. So I have built in accountability. It's you've all, you know, you've probably heard that, that analogy or that story of if the alarm clock goes off at 5am tomorrow, I think Ted will be probably at work by then, but say it, it say he's off. And he knows I'm waiting at the gym. He's more likely to come to the gym. You don't, it's not about letting yourself down. You don't want to let me down. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that we have within our unique partnership. And here's the other thing too. We planted our flag pretty early with, we will never miss an episode. If we nice. tell you it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it will be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We will not miss. We owe it to you. We are building our brand on being the most consistent human beings possible. So once we get up to like, hey, we're going to do seven a week, whatever it takes, just Ooh. whatever, whatever, whatever it takes, we, we have to do it. It's, it's a non-negotiable. And here's the other thing too. It becomes part of your identity. If, mm -hmm. if I meet you somewhere and you say, what do you do? I'm a podcaster. Uh, that's what I am. I in my blood. I am a podcaster now. This is what I do. It's just, it's who I've become. So that's a, that's another important part of it. And the last thing I would say is I never started this for money. I started this for impact. And in the beginning, that's almost, and hear me out on this, that's almost when you get the most impact because you go from zero to one. And when you go from never getting a message about how awesome the podcast is or how awesome the interview was when you get your first message of, I listened to your show and it changed my life. That's it. There's mm -hmm. no going back from that. Mm -hmm. There's no going back from that. And that's why I started this in the first place. So once I started getting that, it's like, yeah, it's, it sucks that I'm broke and I'm not making any money and I'm in debt, but I am adding value and that that's what I wanted the most. And if I can replicate that forever, I'll be in a very fulfilled place. 
I'll tell you what, man, it's amazing you said that because since we last spoke, um, I've gotten one of those letters mm. um, and I, I took it immediately, screenshotted it, sent it to my wife and I said, baby, we made it. Right? <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's actually funny I said that because just when I said that, I remember you had a moment like that too at your girl in terms of like when you realize the impact that you're making, you're realizing the shift that's changing. It, it almost makes the effort worth it, right? Mm. It, it almost makes the the hours editing, the time booking guests or coming up with content, it makes it worth it because you, you feel like you're just talking to a microphone, you're talking to the masses, you're talking into a void. But to actually have the void talk back yeah. is like, oh, we're doing something. Um Talk a little bit more about those. Talk about those those affirmations that come in, because for anyone out there that's looking to start their business, start their venture, start their podcast, perhaps they might be looking for the money. But mm. that money, what I'm starting to learn might be the last thing that comes. <laughs> most likely, especially if you start a podcast, if you start a <laughs> podcast for money, I don't know. I don't know if that's the play. It's um, it's it's two things. One, it's extremely humbling. From the perspective of at one point, nobody cared about what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, nobody cared. And if somebody cared, it was probably caring in a negative way. They're, they were caring to tear more than anything, right? They, they cared so they could tear us down. That's one part of it. The other part of it is it's a very surreal moment understanding that a thought you had that you had the courage to share publicly landed in somebody's brain and then changed the way they thought. Mm. I don't know if that's even, I don't know if you can replicate that ever. Right. I, I can only liken it to somebody saying that's my favorite song. Like your song changed my life. Like I can only imagine, imagine what it felt like to write that hit. That must be, you know, something amazing. So it just, it helps you really feel like you're on the right path. And the other thing too, is I think it helps you drown out some of the negativity too. Right. But it also is a very unique balance. And this is how I try to have it. I try not to let the positives get to my head because I don't want the negatives to get to my head either. So if somebody sends me something and it's like, oh my goodness, this made my life. This is the best thing ever. Most likely when I get that negative feedback, it's going to wreck my, my day, my week, my month as well. So I try not to get too high or too low. Mm -hmm. And I try to have the balance there, but yeah, it is the most humbling thing in the world to understand Something you said into a microphone when, you know, you're just a kid with a big dream changed somebody's life in some way, shape or form. It's, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And you just keep wake up doing it over and over again. And yes. uh, you kind of alluded to it. It's, it's, uh, I forgot the exact quote, so I'm paraphrasing, but it was almost like, you know, don't believe the praise and don't believe the critiques because neither are fully true. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's somewhere in between that. That's right. But, you know, it's a little bit of feedback along the way. Uh, speak, speaking of feedback, what's something you you might have maybe you wish you knew earlier on or before getting started? Like, let's say there's a a, a a portal you can reach back and you could talk to a young kid right before he jumps in on this. What do you tell him? What what advice do you let him know that, hey, watch out for this? <laughs> uh, I would say one thing is you don't understand time yet, kid. Like you just don't understand time from day to day. Progress is invisible. It does not exist. Ted, you and I can go to the gym today, tomorrow and the next day, nothing's going to change. You're not going to look any different. You're probably not going to feel any different, but from year to year, progress is impossible to miss. I wish I understood 
that because I probably would have approached things a little bit differently. Yeah. Even in this moment, like now this is going to sound hardcore, but this interview doesn't matter that much to, to you or I. Mm. In the grand scheme of things, if you keep doing interviews for the next five years, this is just a drop in the bucket and almost nothing is going to come of this. Now, there are a lot of lessons, but there's a large difference between lessons and direct results. Mm. So I wish I understood a lot of what we're doing is practice. And that's where you make your mistakes. But eventually your mistakes are really, really high quality mistakes and nobody really notices. And that's an interesting place to be. (laughs) Like the practice of hitting the record button. (laughs) That's an important one. Yeah, it's it's good practice. But like (laughs) kind of what you mentioned, you know, the the days are long, but the years are short, right? You, You put in the the micro work every single day for the macro impact the grand canyon was carved by this tiny little colorado river over the course of years not just a couple hundred years like thousands of years and that's what the result has become is is the grand canyon so big things do smart start small um what about those people that seem to kind of just like they start a podcast, they got thousands of downloads or whatnot. Like, does that exist? Like, is there a way to just start and like miss those growing pains? No, (laughs) that's it. No. Um, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, If I've started podcasts, here's the thing. Yes. If you've already put in the hard yards on another field, right. I I've worked with clients who we dropped their podcast and they're, uh, I helped somebody launch and they were like the top 20 relationship show in the country. Like, it wasn't that hard, but the 20 years before that, where I wasn't around to help them and they were doing their own thing, they, I think of it this way. Some people have a far deeper foundation. So mm. this person had a 20 year foundation. You could throw something up there pretty quick. It's not that big of a deal. We'd have to build a foundation. I, I watched an interview recently with a guest we had on. He's a world-class speaker, sales trainer. His name is Phil M. Jones. He wrote a book called Exactly What to Say, I Think. And they asked him, Phil, you're, you get paid tons of money to speak. What do you think of these clips and these, these ads of people saying, hey, join this mastermind. We'll teach you how to make $50,000 your first speech. And he said, I think the important thing for people to understand is you can't really start from the middle of the pack, mm. right? If you're running a marathon, you got to run 26.2. You can't start 13.1 in and get a head start. It doesn't work that way. It's just not the way it works. So I think that's a really good example of this where you got to put the hard yards on, uh, you got to put the hard yards in somewhere. doesn't necessarily have to be this arena. It's going to have to be one. And here's the other thing too. Yeah. You might, you might get lucky and blow up, but if you don't know why you blew up, if you don't understand what the system is, if you don't understand what's important, it's probably not sustainable anyway. So mm-hmm. I think for a long time, Ted, I felt really bad about the fact that I didn't have all the hacks. I don't know. I don't know what the hacks are. I don't know how to hack your way to success. Now I realize more than ever, I'm grateful I failed for as long as I did because it taught me more than I would have had to know if I didn't. So yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And by the way, um, uh, I, I don't know if you're a fan of Blinkist, the, uh, the, the book mm-hmm. summaries or whatnot. Uh, my morning Blinkist was exactly what to say by Phil M. Jones. So great book. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely great, great, great book. I loved the blink. I'm going to have to get the full book, mm. but um, yeah, putting in the time, putting in the work, putting in that, that focus, right. To come in day in and day out. I love what you said about the foundation because so many people want to wake up tomorrow and they automatically want to have that credibility. They automatically, where it's like, you haven't done anything yet. Yeah. 
you know, and, and you have to put in the work and build it up before you can, you can get there. And a lot of times people start and then they realize how hard it is. Um, and then they back out, which I, I'll say there's a great book on it called the dip Seth Godin talking about, you know, some of the most successful, they get to a point where they, they start something, they realize the work it's going to take to really get to fruition. And mm-hmm. that's when you identify if it's worth the effort or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the most successful people get to that point and they either bail or go and they make that decision then. But I think some of the deciding factor of whether you go all in, because starting a podcast, I mean, that's an uphill battle, right? Mm-hmm. The decision there to go all in or leave it alone, I think comes down to the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And you alluded to the impact over the money. Talk a little bit about some of that purpose because you you and your business partner are chasing this self-development. You're looking to create impact. What is it that kept you going through those thousand plus episodes, through those day in and day outs, the early morning wake-ups, the editing? What got you through all those hard times? My business partner and I both grew up without fathers. So his his dad passed away when he was two years old in a car accident. Mm. My dad left. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. This podcast, I think at a deep, deep level is what we needed as young men. Mm. Really, uh, we didn't have positive male role models in our lives. I didn't have a man to look up to. And I think I'm trying to become that for myself as well as anybody who tunes in. Now, the interesting thing, Ted, is the majority of our audience is actually female. But I, my belief behind that is it's because we are two, hopefully, emotionally intelligent men talking about deep things and being vulnerable and just trying to add value from a non-toxic place. Yeah. And that's my, I mean, I just want to be a good man. I want to be a good man. I want people to, to tune in and say, wow, that was, that, he's a good man. Mm-hmm. He's, he's supportive and inclusive and positive and he gets me and he's patient and all those things. I mean, that's one of the purposes for me is I've seen too many negative men mm-hmm. take advantage of the opportunities they've been given and wherever they end up in life and they take advantage of it. I don't ever want to take that for granted. And I don't, I don't ever want that. So honestly, that's become one of the bigger purposes for me is to take care of the audience. Yeah. I know that might sound weird, but like, I am very, very, um, defensive of our audience. Like yeah. I, that's, that's our community and good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. get through me. Well, that's, it's honorable, man. And, I and I think it's something that we, we need to highlight more. And that's really kind of one of the, the, the goals of this podcast, you know, the, the vision and the mission is connecting men in pursuit of the potential, because I feel like we need that community. We need, you know, just like you and your business partner, iron sharpening iron, the accountability, setting up accountability, another man to tell you, Hey, that's not okay. Or Mm. this is how we operate. And this is how we move forward. And, you know, to take the responsibility of the world around you, of the things you commit to, you committed to your audience. So of course you take ownership and you take honor in defending them and caring for them. Because I I do think that's some of the gifts of what we as men can offer when we elevate ourselves, we become selfless to -hmm. pour into others. And one of the traits you mentioned, which I love, and I got to hit on it is patience, man. You you probably running this podcast. You, you, you just made the most you've ever made. You run the podcast, you get your business partner, Coming back to the story now, right? And you and your business pot partner are podcasting. What was that patience like waiting for the dollar? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it's hard to put into words or context what it was like because my business partner 
is the he's the most long-term thinker I've ever met. He's not thinking about this decade. He doesn't care. He's mm-hmm. thinking about decades and decades and decades and decades. So going to him and saying, dude, I got to start making money soon. This is one word he says often, eventually. Like, yeah, no, no, eventually you'll have the car. Eventually you'll have the house. Eventually you'll have that. The, the level of patience I've had to have over the last six years has been unreasonable, not just for the results, but for the communication of how I'm feeling mm. for the lack of results. I'm not a natural entrepreneur. I'm very certainty driven. I'm very security driven. Those do not do well with people being broke for several years. So <laughs> the patience, I like to call it persistent patience. It's patience with the outcome. It's persistence with what it takes to get the outcome. Mm. And if you can balance those two really well, you'll find that you get results quicker sometimes than you expected. And you'll find that the persistence becomes a little bit easier when you understand that you have to be patient for it anyway. But mm. so, but it's been a challenge, honestly, it's things are great now, but for the first three years, it was, you know, our credit card d- got declined when we were trying to get two coffees and two muffins. Yeah. So that's not great. Yeah. That hurts. And that could probably, you know, sting the ego a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. How has vulnerability helped you through the process, being vulnerable, being transparent, you know, whether it's with your audience, with your your business partner, with your relationship, the people mm. around you? I think it's allowed me to understand that you don't always have to be right. You don't always have to know all. There is power in admittance. Mm. There is there is power in saying, hey, straight up, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing here. Because here's the thing. Other people probably already know that. So they're just waiting for you to admit it. And when it, when you admit it, it makes it aligned. So yeah, when it comes to my business partnership, it's had to be, Hey, Alan, I'm not like you. Mm. You're a, you're a math and computer genius. I'm, I didn't go to college, man. You went to one of the best technical schools in the world. I didn't, I'm not like you. My unique strengths are different than yours. That's been a wonderful uh, experience and a wonderful transition we've had. So that's been wonderful with my, my wife. It's been the same thing of like, Hey, in the beginning, I can't pay rent. Like I, I'm not gonna be able to pay rent this month. Like I need you, mm-hmm. you know, my car broke down. I don't know how I'm gonna get my car fixed. 900 bucks. Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, I get sent to collections. Like, I don't know how to pay this. I don't know what to do that. Le- you want to talk about hitting the ego. It doesn't get much worse than that. So yeah, that, that vulnerability to say, look, I'm struggling here and mm. I'm, I either need grace or I need support. I, you know, I might just need a shoulder, but I yeah. need something right now. Would you mind going a little deeper on that? Cause I think a lot of guys can, re- can resonate with, you know, that vulnerability. And I appreciate you sharing that, but you know, going to your wife or, you know, in the dating phase or whatnot being like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm not financially there yet. How, yeah. how was that? How did you process that as, as a man, right? Thinking, you know, where you are now being, you know, honorable and, and wanting to elevate, but being in the position of building because mm. the building process could be so hard for men. I'm very blessed because I knew my wife before all of this. So I dated my wife, which well, was my girlfriend at the time, but I dated her. We broke up. We reconnected after the podcast. Mm-hmm. The podcast was already running. So when we reconnected, we had a real heart to heart. And she said, the only thing I need you to promise me is you'll never force me to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, done, done. I would never wish that on you. I would never wish that on you. <laughs> I, the only thing, and I said, the only thing I need you to promise me is you'll never try to take the podcast away. You can't, can't, 
Cause I, yeah. I can't, I'll have to leave you. I, this, this is my thing. I'm doing this. I have to do this. this is who I am. I've traded everything for this. So that really, really helped because I think it gave her an idea of, look, this is not going to be sunshine and rainbows anytime soon. Mm-hmm. The other part of it, I think was we, we have really good communication. So it wasn't as hard for me as it probably is for other men. I'll be very transparent with that because I knew that she wouldn't look down on me for that because she knows what I'm doing is heart driven and noble. And she values the value that I'm adding. Yeah. But you, you talked about this a little bit earlier. I remember the first meaningful amount of money I ever made as a podcaster. Somebody reached out to me, one of my friends, and he said, Hey, I got somebody for you who you should produce their podcast. And I was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. He's like, you know how to produce podcasts. He's a very successful, wealthy person. He doesn't want to do any of the work. Go meet with this person. So I drive like an hour to this financial firm and I meet this guy. Awesome. Awesome human. He's like, all right, come back next week. It's like, ah, I can't, I can't afford to come back next week. Okay, whatever. So I come back next week. He's like, oh, all right, let me think about it. Come back next week. So I, I went back for a third time and I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. And he calls me up into his office. So I take an elevator up and suit and tie and I'm, I'm dressed like a scrub. And he's, he shakes my hand. He's like, all right, let's do this. How much is it? And I was like, well, what you're looking for is $2,000 a month. He's like, all right, done. Like Venmo check cash. What do you want? I was like, I don't know, whatever, dude, Venmo, Venmo is good. He's like, all right, man, excited to get started. So I got in the elevator and I, and I texted my girlfriend as she was my girlfriend at the time. She's my wife now. And I said, baby, we did it. Like I, yeah. I did it. I actually did. I actually made money. Like I actually did this. And that for me was like, Oh my God, it was the best. It was the best, best, best feeling in the world. Cause I didn't, I don't know. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. I didn't think it was going to be what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the other thing, Ted is like, I don't really blame anybody for doubting me. I doubted myself. Yeah. Of course you're going to doubt me. This is wild, <laughs> wild. What we're trying to do. Like, of course. So yeah, I thought it would be valuable to share that because you know, those are the moments you remember. You remember the struggle. You remember those early successes, but it's it's important not to forget that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the biggest thing too is, you know, of course you're going to doubt me and it, you're probably doing something the people around you have never seen before. It's the goal. Right? And, and it's, it's, it's interesting because like in this space, like talking to you, hearing the story firsthand and, and the other guests that we've had on the show and probably the guests you interact with, you're seeing some of these people operating on different levels and amazing different levels doing these things. And then you talk to people around you talking about awareness and environment now. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, they're like, ah, I don't see how that's possible. And you're just like, I talked to five dudes today or, and three women who are doing it. Like yeah. it's, it's possible because yeah, it you're exposed me. to it. Yeah. yeah. We, we interviewed a, I remember we interviewed a billionaire and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Ah, uh, what? Wait, what? <laughs> We're going to interview somebody who has a net worth of a bill, a billion dollars. Like, I don't even know how many zeros that is. Or, you know, yeah. People who are like the best at what they do or people who play in the NFL or whatever. It's, it, it's very, it's empowering to understand these are human beings that are made of, of flesh and bone. That's a very empowering thing. Like this is a regular, they were two minutes late. Interesting. Yeah. I'm very rarely late. Like, oh, ah, interesting. That's a flaw. They're, they're not perfect. Right. So yeah, it helps. It helps you believe in yourself sometimes. Yeah. And even when they, they just chat and even billionaire probably is like, all right, Kev. And you're like, oh, first name basis. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. It, it's been a weird journey, Ted, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so you, you alluded to your biggest fear being mm-hmm. failure. Um, mm-hmm. 
how does that drive you? Uh, Cause I know a lot of people have different drivers in life. And I think it comes down to, you know, human pursuit is either in the pursuit of pleasure or the avoidance of pain. Um, mm. How does that fear of failure drive you? It's very interesting because I said that on a podcast recently, they're like, what's your biggest fear? And I was like, it's failure. And they're like, well, you know, you got to push through that. No, I understand. I, I, I understand. I do push through it every day. It doesn't mean it still doesn't scare the hell out of me. It's driven me in the way of, I have to get better. I must be the best. I, I have to be better. I have to be better than I was yesterday because everybody else is improving. And if I don't, if I'm not quote unquote better than the person on stage next to me, I'm not going to be good. Mm. I'm not going to be good enough. I'm going to get voted off the Island. Nobody's going to recognize me. I'm going to get laughed at that. It's the things that I was the most afraid to do or the things that I've ended up practicing the most. And it's paid off. I did a, I did a summit recently and I was just, you ever been in the zone? You're about to go on air and you're like, Oh, I feel bad for whoever's coming up after me. Like, this is going to be yeah. it. <laughs> I had one of those moments and that was like the first one ever. And I was going, my goodness. Do I feel, am I confident? Is this what confidence feels like? This is wild. But <laughs> that was like the, you know, the 1200th time I've done something like that. So eventually it's added up. Yeah. It's, I just think I've had an opportunity to face my fears and face failure so consistently over the last six years that I've become very comfortable with understanding this is just a practice. Mm. This is most likely just a practice. And if you're listening, you may never hear of me again. Ever, unless I make it, make it, make it, and then maybe you will, but you're probably not going to remember what I said here. It's that, that context is so powerful. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And and the fact of the matter is you, you put in the reps and you reframe your relationship with that fear and that anxiety, it, it, it just becomes a feeling you embrace. And mm -hmm. it's almost like that, you know, the, the, for me, at least, you know, someone when that once asked, like, do you still get nervous? And not so much when I go on air. Um, when I go on air, I'm in a studio, four people max are in that room with me. And there's just a bunch of cameras. So we're we're cracking jokes a lot during commercial break. And the producer's yelling in our ear, like, we're coming back. Everybody straighten up. <laughs> right. So it's it's kind of just a whole bunch of friends hanging out in between commercial breaks at, uh, at work on air. But if I'm going in front of a crowd, if I'm doing a talk, if I'm doing a, if I'm hosting an event, um, an award show that I'm, I might be hosting, that's when I think the, the nervousness creeps in for me. And even to this day, I did an event earlier, uh, a few weeks ago and the same, you know, increased heart rate, I was a little sweaty and I'm about to go up there. But the reality is I reframe it in terms of excitement, not necessarily nervousness. Right. And mm. And I make the environment my own. I go up there, I crack jokes, nobody laughs. I don't care. I keep going. <laughs> but it's it's also the thing of afterwards, everyone's like, you did such a great job. And all I know is I was up there having the time of my life. Mm -hmm. Like once it goes in there and the, and the show starts, I'm having the time of my life. I'm having fun. And I'm now mingling with the crowd. And someone's like, that joke was kind of funny. They didn't get it, but I thought that was great. So like, because now I crack a joke and I'm like, I might not have gotten everybody, but I... I saw I got a few of you. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's all I need. But all, all that just to say, you know, embracing those things that that scare us and the things that we're not necessarily good at can pay so many dividends and help us grow. In the event, though, that you are faced with failure, um, how do you rise up from that? How do you bounce <laughs> back from that? 
I laugh at first. I think that's the only way, brother. I think that's the only way. Alan and I, we got invited to do a speech in Wisconsin. And it was um, it was three speeches, 350 students at each, right? So back to back to back speeches. Awesome. We had our own green room. It was a whole thing. It was mind blowing. And we get another opportunity to speak to the staff. And Alan and I go into this beautiful auditorium. We got a big screen TV and Alan's leading this. I kind of designed the speech. He designed the training. And with the second we started, it was like bunny meets the blades. I knew, I knew this was going to be the most painful 30 minutes of my life, just in terms of pure embarrassment. And when Alan and I walked out of there, we were like, dude, what the hell happened? And we just... We just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed to the point where if he was here right now, we'd both be crying because we'd be laughing so hard with just the understanding of like, wow, that was terrible. That was a ripe piece of crap. That's on us. We should have done better. What did we learn? It's Mm -hmm. easier to fail when you're, when you're with somebody, right? That's, that's part of it. It's just that it's like, I'm most likely never going to see these people again in the moment. It sucks. Yeah. In the moment it's brutal. But now I know, I know not to do exactly what we did. You know, I've had, I had a speech one time where I forgot what to say. So I invited three kids up to have a push-up competition with me. It's like, I didn't know what else to do. I just, I freaked out. I, I blacked out yeah. and we, we still joke about it. And I was like, well, it was really good. Like I got the kids moving. It was good. I, now I know don't bring index cards up when you do a speech, you know, it's, it's all things considered those failures just they don't matter that much. Yeah. Me failing, like me losing my temper with my wife, that's worse than any of that stuff. Mm. Any of that, that like whatever, everything else is kind of minor to like, to, to my relationship with the people I love the most and how I hold myself as a man and the character that that's given me solace for sure. Yeah. No, I, I love that. Um, and and speaking of, you know, you mentioned your wife and, you know, alluding back to, you know, hey, babe, we made it. You, you get your first client. You've been doing this podcasting thing, you know, $2,000 a month, $3,000, whatever it was. Okay, some money's coming in. I imagine, you know, that's that's great, but well, we, we want to keep this going. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, we okay, we did this once. Uh, what was that like? replicating that what was that mm-hmm. like thinking okay hey we got one how hard was it to get two three four and then you know to where you are today with hey this is this is what i do i'm a podcaster <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a great question it's interesting because i don't know it, we at that point i had already gotten some like mindset clients but i, I think i was charging like 50 bucks an hour Mm-hmm. So I was making like maybe a, a couple hundred bucks a week, maybe to making, you know, 12 to 1200 to $2,000 a month with really pretty good margins. From there, I realized that the credibility that we have is as podcasters. Mm-hmm. So then like one to two and then like two to four and then four to eight wasn't super hard, really. It was the eight to 40. That was like the real challenge because there's a lot of systems that you have to figure out and you have to build. But I told somebody this the other day, I said from episode number like 400 to episode number 1300, it probably got like five times easier to get clients from episode 1300, episode 2000. I bet you it's going to get 50 times easier to get clients because it's just credibility, right? I don't have that much credibility as a, as a mindset coach. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have 1300 episodes, but it's different. It's just not the same, but like, you know, somebody who can actually make money with a podcast. Yeah. You know, we we've done that and I do this full time and we both make a really good living and we're doubling almost every year. So it's just the credibility thing. It's, it's very hard to, it's very hard to equate for that until you have it. And then you start to realize, Oh, interesting. Yeah. This is why it was so hard. Nobody believes in what we were doing. Ah, oh, it all makes sense. So yeah, I think the short answer would be the, the last like year and a half have been the hardest just in terms of creating the systems and figuring out how to do customer support and making sure everybody's happy on our end. That's been the hardest part. Yeah. Cause as you get bigger, there's, there's systems that have to kind of maintain yes. that influx and, yep. and, and and all that. Um, what's the biggest thing you guys are working towards? What's the the future for, for Kev, you and your wife, uh, you know, um, the next level university, what's, what's on the horizon that, that keeps you guys pumping and going. And, and you could even say the next few decades, cause I know how Alan <laughs> is, uh, which billionaires think in the form of decades, by the I way. Know, so that's I not know. a bad trade for Alan to have. No, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm very blessed. Ted. I understand that. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, this is always a hard question for me because I don't, we're just going to do seven episodes a week, most likely forever, as long as humanly possible. So for me, I think it's more about the unique, the unique checkpoints along the way. So we have, we have a retreat coming up. I've never done a retreat. I never expected to do a retreat. I don't know what any of that means. Like that's going to be a whole thing and we'll fail forward, of course, but I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what comes of that. Uh, My wife and I are going to Belgium, which is great. I've never been to Belgium. There's waffles, I guess. So I'm excited for that. But yeah, other than that, I think it's just, it's becoming more successful. So what we say actually is more valuable, Mm -hmm. right? When you have a certain level of success, people, people are way more likely to understand and believe what you say for good or bad, unfortunately. And that's what I'm most excited for. I mean, we have a lot of content and I know when we do pivot and when we cross that chasm, things are going to get a little bit weird just based on the amount of content we have. So I'm excited for that and how to figure out how to be a balanced man throughout it. Speaking of, and just, just literally thought of that, as you said it with the amount of content you have um, and how big you guys have grown and as you continue to get bigger. And this is something I've thought of too, with modern man and everything. One of my first episodes before Modern Man podcast, I was doing the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. And I said, I want to have the audacity to be wrong, right? Because if I think, if I keep all my thoughts to myself, I never say it out loud. I don't get Kev saying like, Ted, man, I don't know about that, right? Hmm. I don't get corrected and I don't get adjusted. So I don't want to keep all my thoughts and ideas to myself. I want to share them humbly and, and learn where I might misstep. Do you ever concern, do you ever get concerned of like, as you get more of the spotlight, as you grow and you get more scalability that one of the 1300 plus episodes that you've done someone might go to episode 215 and be like i don't like what you said right here mm-hmm. 100% <laughs> yeah. yeah 100% yeah i think about it all the time i think about it every day <laughs> it's a dangerous it's a dangerous game to think about it too often because then then you you're not doing what you did at the beginning mm-hmm. right at the beginning it was like i'm sharing my aligned thoughts on what I think self-improvement is. But I think that, I think we might've talked about this in the first one, but one of the hardest things for me is it's very hard for me to have an off day. I feel like a fraud when I have an off day, Mm. when I can't get everything done and I'm not thinking super positively and I'm not thinking, what am I grateful for? I feel like a fraud because that's what I talk about so often that I, I feel like I'm not allowed to have an off day. 
Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get caught slipping or you don't yeah. want to be slipping yourself, yeah. which I could understand it. And, and to that whole point of, cause I'm the same way. Like I have, you know, from my last podcast of this hundreds of episodes where I'm thinking, okay, whatever I might've said back then, I think the people who who ride with me and listen and understand also understand growth and mm-hmm. development. And like, listen, if I'm the same guy I was two years ago, something's wrong. Right? Like, I'm supposed to develop. I'm supposed to grow. And yeah. maybe some of those thoughts and ideas I had back then aren't the same anymore. Like you said, you don't understand time yet, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, Kevin, man, this this has been amazing. I want to make sure that the the audience has a way to connect with you, follow you, listen to the show. I mean, hey, seven days a week. My show only comes out one day a week. So you guys make sure that the other six days of the week, you are listening to my man, Kev, with the uh, the Next Level You uh, podcast. How can the pe- people connect with you, brother? Yeah, you can look up the podcast. We're on all the platforms. We're on YouTube, all that happy jazz. And then the best place is probably Instagram for me. So my handle is at neverquitkid. Just shoot me a DM, questions, comments, concerns, uh, anything you got, I'm, I'm here for it. Absolutely. And I'll have those links in the show notes. So everybody listening, watching on YouTube, you know what to do. Go in the description, go in the show notes, hit those links, and that'll take you right to that destination. But last, last question here, Kevin, is... What is something that you've seen or something that's happened in your life that shapes the way uh, you view the world as a man? Mm. I, um, Alan and I were at the airport getting ready to go to Florida for, I don't know if it was a speaking engagement. And there was this family there. And I assume it was a, a mom and a dad and there was like three kids and it was like nine o'clock in the morning. And this, this guy was hammered and mm. he was dragging the kid, like dragging the kid across the airport floor going to get beer at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock in the morning. And Alan and I were both sitting there crying, just fuming of like, I don't want what's going to happen to that kid. Mm -hmm. The kid doesn't have that kid doesn't have a choice. That kid doesn't have an option. The kid doesn't know what's going on that, that I just want to be a good man. That's it. If, if you, if I lost everything I have and I had to start over, I just want to be a good man. And I want every room I enter to be a little bit more positive or a little bit higher vibe or be a little bit funnier when I leave, you know, people talk about legacy. I don't think legacy is when you die. I think it's when you leave the room, Mm. the, the, the conversation. So yeah, that shaped me in a, in a very impactful way. Cause it's like, what happened to that that individual to make them the way they are. Maybe they have stuff that they never dealt with that their parents didn't deal with that their parents didn't deal with. It's, it's fired me up in many ways, but it also does give me empathy to like what happened there. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a story. Not everybody knows their story yet. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of summing it up, right. We, I always say, and a lot of guys say, I want to be an asset, not a liability. And you know what that means is, you know, I, I want to appreciate the things around me, not depreciate them mm-hmm. and, and be the the plus, not the minus. So man, Kevin, Palmieri, CFO of Next Level University, CEO, founder, and co-host of Next Level U. Thank you so much, brother, for for being on the show, for sharing authentically and being who you are, man. My pleasure. I love you, man. Love you too, brother. And I'm going to share some of the tips that you left along the way, the gems that you dropped, because uh, I know a lot of folks listening, they're, they're doing other things um, while listening to the podcast. So uh, I went ahead and took some of the notes uh, there for you. Now, you're at least 50% of the relationships that you've been in that failed. Uh, just that huge reflection for folks, anybody that's listening, who have thought all their relationships 
have been issues and they think it's the partner. You took part in that, whether it was your decision to get in the relationship or what you get, gave in the relationship, you were part of that. And that just means take ownership. All the glitter ain't gold. I say that where Kev, bodybuilding, supermodel girlfriend, all the things on the outside that might look like he's crushing it, but you could still feel empty inside. So we might think that money might solve our problems, but that's not always the case. And then recognizing that when your awareness changes, your environment has to follow as well. You can you don't have to grow where you are planted. And when you have that new awareness, you want to start cultivating the environments that could help facilitate that growth. And as Kevin said, some environments can make things easier. Some environments can make things easy or harder. And other environments can make things impossible to grow in. And then building accountability in what you're aiming for and what you're going towards. If you have somebody that you're meeting at the gym, you're more likely to keep that appointment than cancel it because you don't want to let that person down. Unfortunately, we're more likely to let ourselves down. And then when you're building something, are you chasing money? Or are you chasing impact? Impact over money and add value and then get that feedback from those around you because you'll probably get the feedback. You'll probably get those affirmations before the first dollar drops. And speaking of that first dollar dropping, at one point when nobody cared, there wasn't much money involved. But after a while, when you were consistent, when you were vulnerable, when you are attentive and you grow and you are patient, then you can have that impact and then the money can follow. And of course, uh, from year to year, progress is impossible to miss. The day-to-day, -day, the minute habits, the small things, those might seem minuscule. They might seem big in the moment of doing them, but it's the small things over the period of time that make something great and make something big. Persistence and patience, and there is power in admit it. You don't have to know it all, and make sure you have good communication for any guy struggling with maybe that ego in the building process with your partner when you haven't quite made it yet. There are so many more gems but in the in the in the in the favor of time. I definitely want to make sure to wrap this up uh, for everybody listening cuz I do appreciate you guys rocking with us all the way to the end. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure you hit that like button, that subscribe button so you can get a new episode each and every single week. Leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. The only way improve we improve is by you letting us know and also share this with a friend if you got value from it. If you have that accountability partner in your life, that can also enjoy this episode. Make sure to send it to them. But thank you guys for rocking with us. And as we always say at the end, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. Let's get past the day. I think we're going to do a great job.